Hi, everyone, and welcome to the MM&M podcast. I'm Steve Madden. I'm the editor-in-chief and general manager of MM&M. And today we're here with part two of our series with Healthline Media to talk about their whole person health initiative. My guest today is Brendan McHenry, Senior Vice President of Sales and Strategy for Healthline Media. Hey, Brendan. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the show. Thanks um, for having me. I only wish that we could be doing this in person, but, uh, but I've had both of my jabs, so uh, I'm getting closer to the day where we will be able to do this stuff in person. So, Brendan, we are going to be talking today about uh, Healthline's Whole Person Health Initiative. Last week, we talked about uh, the first two sort of, I guess, for lack of a better word, pillars of the program. We talked about diet, nutrition, and we talked about mental health. Today, we're going to be talking about two other pillars, complementary health and financial wellness, right? Correct. Yep. Great. So why don't we start at the beginning, which is always the best place to start when you're, you're telling a story. Tell us a little bit about Healthline Media to begin with. Absolutely. So Healthline is the leading health information publisher online, and we really consider our mission to be to bring clarity to people living with chronic conditions and people just looking to manage their overall health and wellness. Uh, and we do that with content that's medically backed, that's very reliable, but at the same time is compassionate, it's empathetic, and it's a little bit more human than some of the other content that you, you might see out there. And how does the whole person health program fit into your portfolio and, and the company's mission? Yeah, so whole person health comes from a lot of proprietary research that Healthline Media does, you know, dozens of studies over years where we really look at what some of the needs of these chronic condition communities are. Uh, and that's the, the needs that they have beyond treatment. Sometimes uh, a condition journey we can tend to think of as being very linear. You know, you, you get a diagnosis, you get a treatment, and you kind of go from there. But that's not how people work. People are people, uh, and they have lots of different facets. And this research really turned a lot of that up. And what we wanted to do was we wanted to, A, address these needs for our consumers, for our readers, but also bring them to market for our partners, uh, because there are certainly a lot of things that are actionable for them as well there. So uh, in the, the first episode of the podcast here, you spoke to our phenomenal VP of marketing, Kate Gallagher. She covered uh, a couple of the areas, diet, nutrition, and mental health. Uh, but we identified two other pillars in there as well, one that we call complementary health and then financial wellness as well. So before we get to that, I just want to make sure that, that, uh, that I'm clear uh, on, on what specifically you're talking about. You, you guys talk to uh, a variety of, of conditions, right? Like rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease, kind of chronic conditions like that, right? Right. That's, yep. that's okay. And so the whole person health initiative is information about, for example, like what Kate talked about, diet, nutrition, and mental health, seen through the prism of those particular uh, conditions, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's looking at the fact that people who are living with any chronic condition are going to be interested in and engage in things beyond information that is purely about that condition. Uh, you know, right. people are going to want to look into diet for rheumatoid arthritis and exercises you can do for IBD. You know, there's a, an entire spectrum of things that people engage with. 
when they have a chronic condition beyond, again, that very linear condition kind of content. Right. One size does not fit all when it comes Absolutely. to uh, to health, and, and particularly when you're talking about chronic conditions. So, so great. So we, we covered diet, nutrition, and mental health with Kate last week. Today, we want to talk about sort of the third pillar, complementary health. Why complementary health? And, and like, what exactly is it? Let's define the term first. Yeah, so it all started with the research. Uh, at Healthline, we always lead with a very consumer-first attitude. You know, we look at what our consumers, what our readers are doing and what they're engaging with. So that's where we started to key into the idea of complementary health. And what we identified was that people who are living with these chronic conditions, they're using a variety of different things to treat their condition. You know, it might be a different product. It might be a different exercise regimen, a different method, a different diet. And they're using that to sort of complement and supplement a primary medication treatment. So what we might more traditionally think of as this is your treatment for your condition, usually a pharmaceutical medication. What we found was, again, leading consumer first, looking at search trends, looking at engagement with content, we found there was a, a lack of information in some of these areas. So we might see people with rheumatoid arthritis looking into RA diet, for example. You know, we might see a high volume of search behavior there, but there could be a lack of content. And that's the gap we were looking to bridge for consumers. And then ultimately, you know, talking to our advertising partners about this, what they can be doing to sort of bridge that gap as well. And Additionally, we identified, you know, when you think about your conversation with your doctor, you know, you, you go in and you put on the gown and you sit on the butcher paper and you talk for maybe 90 seconds about, are you taking your medication? You know, maybe they give you your, your weight and your blood pressure. You're not usually having those conversations about these things you might be doing to supplement your health, whether or not they're a good idea, whether or not they are effective. So we also identified there's a, a need for more of a conversation with the care team and an HCP about what you're doing to try to take this sort of 360 approach to your health so that they're on that journey with you. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to imagine that we all need to have more of a more extended conversation with our HCPs about anything, uh, even those of us who are blessed to have relatively good health. For um, sure. So, so what are, what are, some of your uh, early learnings here. What's been really interesting is this seems like an area where people are willing to experiment. They're willing to try a lot of different things in pursuit of a better management of a chronic condition. So, you know, we, we don't tend to see one particular thing stand out. For example, diabetes and sleep we'll see myriad different things that people are pursuing to see if they can improve their results on their own. So it might be an exercise regimen. It might be an OTC treatment. It could be vitamins, you know, it could be any of those things. But again, what we're also seeing is a need for education in those areas. So we'll see patterns of can I be taking St. John's wort with my diabetes medication? That's an example I completely mm -hmm. made up. So <laughs> if you are on diabetes medication, don't go out and buy St. John's wort, please. 
Uh, but we are tending to see trends like that where you can tell there's not a lot of information out there. You know, maybe you do get uh, some information that a certain vitamin might be good for a certain condition, but you don't know whether or not it's advisable to be taking that with the medication that you are currently on. And again, it speaks to an area where there's a consumer need to be met. And again, with a consumer first attitude, that's something that Healthline wants to do, but also uh, an area where HCPs can have a better level of engagement with their, with their patients and pharmaceutical advertisers and the advertisers of those OTC products might be able to provide some insight and education and have an opportunity there as well. So, you know, it, it's clear that, that people are looking for this kind of information and that they're, they're looking for, for, for solutions, complementary solutions. How is Healthline going to make this part of the healthcare management journey for, for these folks? Yeah, that's a good question. And it can be tricky. You know, one of the things that we appreciate is, you know, we say people living with chronic condition, but if you've ever lived with a chronic condition, you know that they are all unique. Uh, they all have challenges, but they have different challenges for every condition. We really need to listen to that. So we really need to, and we are very fortunate to have an incredibly high volume of search queries that come into helpline.com. And, you know, we are very plugged into the SEO aspect of this marketplace. So we get to see a lot of the data and a lot of the trends, and we see different ones for every condition. So one of the things that we want to do as we're helping people in these journeys is give them more insight and more actionable information about what are things that do seem to work? What are things that you do want to avoid? Again, from doing research and looking at the market, we see that sometimes you aren't getting a lot of this information from the best sources. So going back to what is sort of the cornerstone of our mission, we want to provide information that is reliable and that is accurate. So we provide, when we look at these trends and things that people are looking into and things that people are wondering, will this work for me? Is this safe? Uh, should I be doing this? We apply all of the rigor that we would apply to any other piece of content to looking into those areas. So that way, you know, people have a sense of comfortability knowing, you know, hey, I read this on Healthline that this over-the-counter product might be a good supplement for my prescription treatment, and they can feel good about looking into that, that course of treatment. And, and also really importantly, when you're talking about like uh, scientifically and medically verified information, sort of setting people straight on fads and making yeah. sure that they, that they know, like you, you may have heard that this could help, but what you might not know is that this could could be really part of um, a devil's brew if you were to add this to your treatment protocol right now? Say, you, I'll use your your example of St. John's Wort, which I know nothing about, but you know it could well be that that you know has a horrible interaction for for people who have say Crohn's disease or IBS. Yeah, and that's that's important. Um, you know, it is important to look at things that, for lack of a better term, have a spike in engagement that are fads because fads by their nature there tends to be they tend to be new although a lot of fads like bell bottoms are cyclical you know they might come back around again but there does tend to be a lot of 
new information about something that is a relatively new topic. And at Healthline, we do feel like we have a duty to consumers and to our readers to sort of jump on that, you know, almost more in a news fashion than anything else to provide a POV on it that is medically vetted and accurate and reliable information. Um, so again, uh, uh, almost the voice of reason in a conversation that is uh, noisy and new. Do you guys also have the ability to say like, hey, you know, people aren't necessarily searching out this information, but here's something you should be aware of. Like, um, you know, an example that comes to mind is, is sleep quality, which people often overlook. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think this goes back to our conversation about your, your HCP visit, right? I mean, I can't remember the last time that my doctor asked me about any of the four pillars that we're discussing in terms of whole person health. You know, they do not ask you about your mental health. They rarely ask you about your diet. They rarely ask you about what non-prescription medications you're taking. They certainly don't ask about your sleep. Uh, and <laughs> unless you're late paying the bill, a lot of the time, they're not going to ask about your financial wellness either. So I'm getting very nervous if my doctor started asking me about my financial wellness. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that new promotion you were gunning for? Uh, yeah. That's not a question you, you want to hear when you're wearing that gown. Um, but it, it's a very good point. Uh, and this is where we look at these trends. We want to look to make sure that there is a viable and credible correlation between something like sleep. I mean, sleep is related to almost every health uh, condition and just your general health and well-being. But even you know things like maybe diet and rheumatoid arthritis that are not as logical a conclusion to draw. We want to look into that. And if we do see that there is a real correlation and potentially a real benefit for people pursuing that, we do want to get that out there. You know, we do want to make those things more known, even if it's something you might not otherwise be looking for proactively. And we've got myriad ways that we can do that through our condition-specific communities, through our condition-specific apps, and also just on our properties. You know, when people are coming in, let's say they're looking for, you know, rheumatoid arthritis treatment options, well, you know, we will show them and promote, you know, what's the correlation between inflammation and sleep or inflammation mm -hmm. and diet mm -hmm. to kind of bring that to the fore for that user. Got it. Um, you're listening to the MMNM podcast. I'm Steve Madden. I'm editor in chief of MMNM. And we're speaking with Brendan from Healthline Media, talking about the uh, whole person health initiative. It's really interesting stuff. We were just talking about complementary health, um, which is the third pillar in uh, Healthline's WPH. I'm going to use that abbreviation, throw that around WPH program. Um, the, the fourth pillar. It's a little counterintuitive, but when you actually stop and think about it, it makes perfect sense. It's financial wellness. I mean, we were just joking about it, but actually it is a good question for, for a doctor to ask because few things in life can add stress and multiply stress quite like money. Um, not having enough of it, maybe having too much of it. I've never had that problem, but I imagine I've, I have heard that it could cause problems. But I find it fascinating that, that you're, you've made this one of the pillars of uh, of WPH. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. What have you, what have you found about this and, and why have you decided to make this foundational? 
There are several reasons we've decided to make this foundational. In our research, it came up repeatedly. Uh, I want to say almost universally when you talk about things that people are worried about with their care. Uh, we've even seen instances where people are more concerned about the financial impact than they are about the actual prognosis for their own health. And that's alarming. It is alarming that you would be more worried about your wallet than your body, but that is a reality for a lot of people. And when you do have a chronic condition, there are so many things that you do not consider that are going to be a financial impact. You know, we tend to hear a lot about the cost of treatments, but, you know, the cost of care has a ton of different components. It's your treatment, but it's also assistive devices, add-ons, and then there are indirect impacts to living with a chronic condition. You know, if you have IBD and you are experiencing a serious flare, well, you're probably not going to be able to go to work and you're probably not going to be able to travel and you might not be able to go to that client dinner that you had scheduled. So there are sort of tangential impacts from that as well. And then beyond the impact of living with chronic condition and the financial impact that that can have, we tend to see a concerning level of engagement and education around finances and healthcare in general. Uh, you know, I say all the time, I was an embarrassing age when I learned exactly how my health insurance worked. <laughs> you know, I, I should have understood it five years earlier, uh, maybe more than I did, but it is really something that you are left to self-navigate. You know, you get to the workplace and you better figure it out on your own. And so people with chronic conditions may not realize how their insurance plan is going to help them or not help them cover things like devices that you might use to help manage your condition beyond your doctor visits and your medication. So, you know, that was something that we saw. And then we tend to think of all right, well, there are people who are struggling with the cost of their treatment. They might have to make sacrifices in order to afford that medication. Mm -hmm. The reality and the grim reality is that's not always the case. There are plenty of instances where they just are not getting the medication, uh, where people are foregoing treatment due to financial circumstances. Uh, and that's an area that we feel our responsibility to try to, to the extent that we can, step in and show what alternatives could be. Right. It's, it's insane. I, uh, I can't believe that we're even having this discussion, but we all know, especially if you work in this field, that, that this is a discussion that happens all too often. And you're absolutely right about like, your, your knowledge of, of your health insurance plan. Uh, it's the sort of thing that you only tend to pay attention to when you need it. I right. can remember very, very early in my career working at a place where the uh, health, where the health insurance changed, the coverage changed and people were up in arms and someone asked me about it. I was like 23. I mean, I, if I, if I I'd go to the doctor, if I needed stitches, you know, at that age, right. it's pretty much the only thing you need to. But now when you have, especially when you have a family, you become turbo users of it. Um, and so it is, it is really important, um, particularly now in the pandemic. What, what effect has the pandemic had on, on what you're finding about this? Be because there's just so much at play here with uh, employment levels, need for healthcare and everything else. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of impacts that the pandemic has had, which I feel like is potentially the understatement of the century, but particular to this, 
I mean, look, a lot of people are out of work and a lot of people are unemployed or underemployed. And when you are in that territory, that is when you have to start making very difficult decisions about your health care, which to your point is incredibly unfortunate. And it's a little bit unfortunate that it's a conversation we have to have. We've seen a real surge in looking at things like couponing programs and assistance programs and you know, how generics might compare to brand name drugs. And again, that is a, that is an area where people need education on how those things work, how uh, prescribe as taken medications work and why certain things are like that. With the pandemic, there's been a rise of a lot of different technologies, which I think we'll touch on in, in a little bit, mm-hmm. but there's an impact for those as well. You know, some of these technologies are more available to some groups than they are to others. Uh, And I think that's true of a lot of these alternative treatment options that we talk about. You know, if you have the ability to buy entirely organic food from Whole Foods and get a Peloton in your house, well, that's great. And those are things that are going to be really strong supplemental programs for you know, a primary medication treatment that you might have for a chronic condition, but those aren't available to everyone. Uh, You know, there are huge uh, groups for which those aren't an option. And so Healthline as the largest provider of health information. Yeah, it's, it's great that we let people know that those are options, but also what are the more accessible options? Uh, And the, you know, the pandemic has certainly changed the face of that. You know, during the pandemic, I think people have been forced to have some uncomfortable conversations about a lot of different things. Finances and money are are among the most difficult and uncomfortable conversations for people to have. Um, I think my my parents would more have likely told me about their sex life than they would have told me about their finances. And I think this is especially true for uh, for people who are living with chronic conditions. How, how do you, you know, like, what's the secret sauce for uh, presenting this information to people and allowing them to, to discuss it in a, in a way that feels safe to them? I think the key to this is approaching it very empathetically. You know, you have to approach it from a place of knowing that some of these things are not going to be an option. Uh, you know, there are, there are lots of publishers that are I think very aspirational and, you know, we could talk all day about Fitspo on Instagram and, you know, all that (laughs) stuff. And, and that's great, but, you know, you need to be empathetic to people's realities. That's the start of a, a good and inclusive conversation about the different things that you could be doing. So that's step number one, you know, understand the reality of where a lot of people are and then, go from there. And, you know, going from there looks like pointing to resources that can provide coupons and assistance and even trying to focus in on things that you could do that would be free, you know, that are completely without cost that you might be able to integrate into your day-to-day life that's going to help you with managing a chronic condition. Couponing comes to mind. Couponing comes to mind. You know, there are certainly a lot of diet and fitness changes that you can make that are not going to be cost or time prohibitive uh, because you know time is certainly a a factor for everyone as well so you know we we do look to highlight a lot of those things and then even things that might be a little 
more esoteric that people might not think of as much, but have been highlighted by the pandemic, which are things like telehealth and that you might have the option to visit an out-of-state provider who might be lower cost or, you know, a nutritionist who, you know, is on your insurance plan, but they're on the other side of the country. Well, you might be able to go see that person now. Sometimes those are options that people haven't considered, but could be very, very impactful for them. Great information. You're listening to the MM&M podcast. I'm Steve Madden, uh, MM&M's editor-in-chief. Uh, I'm talking with Brendan McHenry from Healthline Media about whole person health. We're, we're almost out of time, Brendan, but I didn't want to let you get away without talking a little bit about how health tech relates to, to the pillars that we were just discussing, uh, complementary health and financial wellness. Um, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, just talking about telehealth. What about apps and wearables and having HTPs monitor you uh, conditions remotely and things like that? The impact of health tech over the next few years and, you know, even potentially a shorter horizon than that, the next 12, maybe 18 months, it's going to be huge. Um, the pandemic has certainly accelerated that because health tech allows for a lot of at-home monitoring and at-home communication with your physician, it's not going to go anywhere. And telehealth, telemedicine is definitely a huge part of that. Uh, I, I just mentioned, you know, if you're a physician and you are a leading expert and telehealth is now more widely adopted, well, all of a sudden you could be seeing patients from anywhere and vice versa. You know, if you are a patient and you want to see someone who is an expert in their field and they're covered by your plan, but they're 80 miles away, well, that might not have been a viable option 12 months ago, and it probably is now. So that's a pretty seismic change in, in the way that relationships with HCPs are going to go. But then when you get into apps and wearables, there's a ton, a ton that they can do now. And the sky is really the limit on that technology. I think you have some applications that seem pretty pedestrian and pretty straightforward. You, know, you could have a step tracker that uh, communicates with your physician if you're trying to lose weight for diabetes you know that one makes sense but as this technology improves there are more and more things that they can do with you know o2 sensors and uh, heart rate monitors and all of these different things the technology is only getting better and faster and smaller uh, so it's going to continue and i think that that remote patient monitoring portion of it is going to be big because again, you know, you have that incredibly short interaction with your physician. And, you know, when they ask you if you've been dieting or exercising, uh, you may or you may or may not fudge the details on that, but if they've got a report straight from your wrist, well, they're going to, they're going to know what's really going on. And ultimately, uh, while it could potentially be embarrassing, it's going to be good for patient outcomes. Um, so, you know, I, I see the proliferation of that over the next few years being, um, pretty universal, uh, and also the technology is getting much more uh, accessible in terms of price points and things like that. Uh, and, and even is starting to be covered by insurance companies as they start to see the benefit for outcomes. Uh, and then there's, you know, a little more far afield things like AI and the impact that that's going to have on reading biopsies and EKGs and things like that to identify issues before they're even issues uh, based on, you know, enormous data sets that they can analyze to look for patterns. That's a very compelling uh, area for, for health tech. 
could be a, a little further down the line, but it's, it's already out there doing work. So if, if there's a key takeaway from the work that Healthline Media is doing with the whole Person Health Initiative, what is it? Like, what's the, what's the one thing that you want listeners to, the, or one or two things that you want people listening to this podcast to remember and, and to do? Yeah, I think when we talk to marketers and we talk to advertisers, the biggest key takeaway is that this is happening now. This is a thing that people are doing now. We've been doing this research for years, and it's something that one of the reasons we decided to pursue this initiative was it was something that we saw over and over and over again. And so it is something that consumers are doing. They're doing more of it as time goes on, and it is prudent to meet them where they are. And, you know, they are increasingly here looking at these alternatives and looking at these different solutions. And so while we have a responsibility as a, as a publisher and a provider of credible information to be there and answer these questions that consumers do have, I think it's an enormous opportunity for marketers and advertisers to do the same thing and really start to engage in that whole person health, uh, you know, beyond the pill, which is a term we've heard for a long time. Uh, the, the time is, is here to do it. Meet them where they are. I love that. Brendan, thank you so much. Uh, my guest today has been Brendan McHenry from Healthline Media. We've been talking about Healthline's whole person health initiative. I'm Steve Madden. I'm the editor-in-chief of MM&M, and you've been listening to the MM&M podcast. Brendan, Thanks so much for being on. This is great stuff, and I wish you the best with it. It's important. Yeah, thank you, Steve. This has been great. Great. Thanks.